Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shank Show. Hour number three of our program. Welcome back. Thank you very much for being with us. We appreciate it. I'm Bill Shanks with Russ Brown. I'm in Waycross. Russ is in Macon. We are taking your phone calls. Phone lines are open right now, 478-646-ESPN. Our question today, what should the Falcons do? Go with Desmond Ritter. Trade for Lamar Jackson. Trade up for C.J. Stroud or one of the other young quarterbacks in the NFL draft. This comes upon the talk out of Indianapolis that, number one, the Falcons will be one of the young players, young players, one of the players in the sweepstakes for the number one pick in the draft. Ian Rappaport today reported on NFL Network that, in fact, the Falcons have engaged with Chicago about the number one pick. And the uh, talk has been that C.J. Stroud may be the object of their affection, and also, uh, Lamar Jackson rumors continue. And the Falcons have been linked to Lamar Jackson, and therefore we're wondering what you think. Now, a couple things from Twitter, and uh, one story we want to tell you about. Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Chip Towers reporting that the felony charge against Georgia wide receiver Rara Thomas was dismissed on Friday in a deal between his attorney and the prosecutor's that should allow Thomas's reinstatement to the team. Thomas has entered a pretrial diversion program to resolve a misdemeanor charge of family violence battery. According to his lawyer, according to Chip, Thomas was taking an anger management course in the process of completing 40 hours of community service and will have to pay service fees to the court upon completion of those requirements and dependent upon staying out of further trouble over the next 12 months. The misdemeanor charges will be restricted from... Thomas's record. So there you go. So that's good news. Ra Ra Thomas, of course, along with Dominic Lovett, two very big players that have transferred to the University of Georgia and expected to be a big part of the offense with a yet to be named quarterback. From Twitter now, Brandon on Twitter, Ritter only because they have so many holes to fill that they need all their picks, even with the cap space. Plus, with this O line, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Then um, another Twitter account reminded us that the offensive line was great this past season, one of the highest-rated offensive lines in the NFL. Yeah, but again, look, Kayla McGarry is an unrestricted free agent. So Kayla McGarry, while he was better, and there's no question he was, and he's very good in the run blocking, but he's not—he's still not very good at pass blocking. Kayla McGarry's made improvements, but he's still not where he needs to be with the pass blocking. He's a free agent. He may not be back. Somebody may sign him. So that is a question mark. If your starter is a free agent right now on your depth chart, if you, I've got a color-coded depth chart for the Atlanta Falcons, and my free agents are in blue because they're not going to be on the roster. Not necessarily. I mean, he's just as much of a free agent as all the rest of them are. And while I think they won't kill a McGarry back, he's he's not there. So – that, combined with the fact that the left guard last year, Elijah Wilkinson, is also a free agent, and you know they want to get someone better than him. Wilkinson, a journeyman who's played and started in nine games last year, he's a free agent. I don't think Chuma Adoga or Colby Gossett are lined up to be full-time starters. 
And then I still don't know about Drew Dahlman. While the, the offensive line as a whole was graded high, and the Orlando Ledbetter of the AJC has told us that they are fully behind Drew Dahlman. That's their draft pick. He had a grade of 65.9 last year. He was one of the lower-rated center picks, and there are a lot of centers. Uh, Britt, the veteran, just got released by Houston. There are a lot of centers that are going to be out there. So that's 60% of the offensive line that is a question mark right now. And, I, I, mean, I mean, for me, Dahlman is still a question mark. Is he for you, Russ, or do you feel like center is taken care of now that he's taken over from Matt Hennessy? I think he's taken care of. I mean, okay. they, yeah, they they I mean they graded out as one of the better run blocking um, teams in the in in the NFL. Tackle is is what worries about the offensive line for me that position because you know the pass protection was not very good and that that's where that starts. And if McGarry, I mean, look, even with McGarry's improvement, if he leaves, then what? From Twitter, Christian Gonzalez is having a fantastic workout. He's the best corner in the group, polished, controlled. He looks every bit the part of a consistently effective pro. And remember, Christian Gonzalez is that cornerback from Oregon that Josh Kendall, who I respect a great deal, he's a reporter for The Athletic. He does a great job. I think Josh is really, really good, smart football mind. He thinks the Falcons have interest in Christian Gonzalez to pair with A.J. Terrell and that that could be their pick at number eight if he's there. I mean, he's obviously having a good day, which may shoot him up the draft board a little bit. All right, let's get to a phone call, 478-646-ESPN. Your thoughts on what the Falcons should do. Should they go with Desmond Ritter? Should they trade for Lamar? Should they trade for a young quarterback if they move up in the draft? Mike in Warner Robins. Hey, Mike. What's going on, Bill? How you doing? Good. Great to hear from you. Absolutely, man. Um, a couple questions here. This is not the time to go for a quarterback. Uh, and Lamar Jackson, please. Like, I mean, the guy, usage-wise, I think he's asking for a lot of money, and it's telling that the Ravens do not want to pay it because of his style of play uh, and his inability to be an effective passer. He's going to put up numbers. I'm not going to doubt that, but – I don't think he's worth the money he's going to be asking. And I think you stick with Ritter, and you put pieces around him. Offensive line, you protect him. So, I mean, please, Broderick Jones, come on down. First-round pick. I'm sure he's going to show up at the combine. Um, there's a couple offensive line, offensive tackles you could go with. I think you spend the money in free agency, Bill. Uh, linebacker, Levante David, there's a couple guys that are out there that you could go get and bring into this team to help solidify some positions of need. But, no, this is not time to go draft Bryce Young and give away half the franchise's picks for the next three years to do that. Are you convinced any of those four are slam dunks, any of those four quarterbacks? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, the only one to me, Bill, if the C.J. Stroud to played against Georgia, if that's the guy again, right. I would argue yes. I think Bryce Young, I mean, he, he looks like he's going to prom wearing these high-heeled shoes at the, at the draft right now. He's a small guy, man. Uh, and I wonder about his durability. And I swear, if Anthony Richardson's drafted by the Falcons, Bill, I've been a fan for a long time. But as a dog fan, I can't abide that. That's, that would be, I'm with you. That, would be the, that may, that may be the nail in the coffin, right? <laughs> I mean, but that would also, too, to be fair, Russ could agree with this, that's the most on-brand Falcons pick ever. Let's take the lowest the guy with the lowest completion percentage as a quarterback who is rated out terribly in everything. And let's say he's a project, but draft him in the first round. But like the number of people, and I don't understand the NFL people, 
why would you take a guy, a first-round pick field, no matter what, must play year one, game one. Like, you do not draft projects in the first round. See Jordan Love, see these no. guys. Like, Aaron Rodgers is a rare bird that you take and you sit in for two years, and then he turns out to be, like, Hall of Fame material. Most of those guys have to play. So, yeah, no, I don't think you go quarterback here, Bill. You stink another year. I just think the dynamic with Fondo and, and uh, Arthur Smith is weird to me, right? Because I don't know. You know, like who picks the groceries here? Who gets to like cook the meal? We have no clue. Like, exactly. And I wonder if you're Arthur Smith and you're making the decision, are you trying to go for impact now? Which we know is a terrible drafting strategy, right? Like, you need to build the team the right way. And offense, it has to be an offensive tackle. But again, it's the Falcons, so who knows? Yeah. I mean, it could be uh, some Montana State quarterback or you know some guy that's played Division two football. You know, it's just it's a Falcon thing. Well, I've heard that Arthur Smith does not like Desmond Ritter and that Fontenot does, but he's not totally convinced. And I, I've, that's what I've heard, that the hesitation to put Ritter in there was Arthur Smith's uh, for whatever reason, whether he thinks that Ritter's not any good, that whether they don't get along, who knows. But that that's the main thing. Who is making this decision? I don't think that anyone – that is a Falcons fan and knows anything about this situation has any confidence in answering that question. We would, we're, we're guessing. We're just guessing. We have no clue. Uh, because I, and I think the, the Deshaun Watson situation last year made it even more difficult for us to know because of, of obviously the interference from the owner wanting to get the ball boy back. Let's be honest. I mean, you can't tell the story without knowing that Deshaun Watson was a ball boy and, there's a lot of sentimental value in that story for Arthur Blank for some dumbass reason. But anyway, um, you know, if I had a feeling that one of those four quarterbacks was a slam dunk and I'm with you and every other Georgia fan who saw C.J. Stroud, but you know what, Mike, he's not bringing Marvin Harrison Jr. with him, and that's no knock on C.J. Stroud, but the main reason why he looked good in that game against the Dogs on New Year's Eve was Marvin Harrison Jr. Hundred percent, a hundred percent. I, it, you brought up the owner bill, so I had this kind of like PTSD flashback. I wonder then is Lamar Jackson going to be the guy? Because Arthur Blank doesn't seem like necessarily always make the most wise decision about quarterbacks and decisions, and maybe he wants a splash. I mean, Lamar is a, is a flashy player, uh, and maybe with Arthur Smith and that run game that he had in Tennessee, maybe he wants a guy that's going to carry the ball. I just worry, Bill, that you bring in Lamar Jackson. There's a lot of tread that's been worn off that tire. And I just wonder how healthy can a guy stay whose game is running the football. Such a, same question what I would have with Jalen Hurts. Like, if I was the Eagles, do I want to pay a guy who has to run the football to be effective? Because those guys take a lot of hits, and even though the league is basically outlawed hitting the quarterback, somehow they still get hit. And so, uh, yeah. you know, that's just not a, not a place you want to guarantee, like, you know, $250 million over five years. I mean, I don't know if that's just the way you want to go. Yeah. All right, Mike. Thank you very much. Good, good insight there. Well, it's a question we we used to talk about this with Michael Vick all the time. Are, are you throwing the dice with Michael Vick, knowing that he could get hurt with all the running that he does and so forth? I mean, he had an unbelievable arm. We know that he threw it too damn hard. But uh, it was always a question of the fear of Michael Vick getting hurt, and of course, something else happened that that uh, derailed him. Um. If if there was a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, who was a slam dunk, if the, now look, if the Chicago Bears had a quarterback who was a slam dunk, they may say, hell, we're taking him. 
we, we're not sure about Justin Fields, so we're going to take we're going to take the slam dunk. And I know that is a, a, a that happens what twice a decade where there's a slam dunk quarterback, maybe, um, maybe once a decade. I mean, I think Trevor was a slam dunk. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that Trevor was a slam dunk. Like I said earlier, to me, Trevor Lawrence has a tremendous chance as long as somebody like hiring, you know, Urban Meyer or some stupid decision like that, I think there's a tremendous chance that Trevor Lawrence wins a Super Bowl in Jacksonville. And to be honest with you, after I read that letter that he wrote to the city of Jacksonville and the fans of the Jaguars, I'm even more convinced that at some point there's going to be a parade over every bridge over the St. John's River. I just think he's a star. I think he's a star, and I think he's determined, and I think he's going to get better. And I think he's got the ability to be a potential Hall of Fame player. And those are the type of players that you think around the right nucleus of talent. Look, Matthew Stafford couldn't do it himself. If he could, he would have won a Super Bowl in Detroit. And that sure as hell didn't happen. Matthew Stafford, uh, there's, there are not many quarterbacks in the NFL who have the skill set of Matthew Stafford. I, and, and look, I'm not very impartial. I saw him in college, and it, he was incredible to watch. I loved him. He, I love Matthew Stafford. He is a phenomenal talent. He had to get with the Rams. He had to get with the Rams, and he had to get with the right coach. And he wasn't able to do it with Calvin Johnson. He wasn't able to do it in Detroit. He had to get with a different group, a different team. But he had the ability around the right people to make it happen. And my point is that quarterbacks can't do it by themselves. Lamar Jackson is not going to single-handedly get this team a Super Bowl. It's just not going to happen. Because among the reasons, (laughs) you've got a lot of players to get better uh, to, to get for this defense to get better. This defense is a big, fat question mark. I, I'm not going to say the defense is awful, okay? The defense has some players. The defense has the Malone kid, who is very interesting. I, I, I you know, Look, I, I am intrigued by D'Angelo Malone of what he can do. He had 15 games played last year, no starts, but he did look good at times and look like, okay, let's see. Troy Anderson, okay, he comes from, you know, BFU, but by gosh, he showed some glimpses. We don't know. We don't know. Ogadunji, second year, last year he started 16 games, shows some glimpses, not sure. And and then Rashawn Evans, a free agent. That's your whole linebacking crew. There's no guarantee in the linebacking crew at all. There's promise. There's potential with Troy Anderson. We don't know. And then up front, all you have is Grady Jarrett. That's it. That's all you have. Secondary. Okay. You know, Dean Pease tried to convince me after all my questions about Richie Grant being a second-round pick in 2021. He tried to convince me he was better in year two. We'll see. Jalen Hawkins, you know, that kid – he was a pretty decent draft pick, fourth rounder back in 2020. Not bad. We'll see. Casey Hayward, an older player who got hurt. They need another cornerback. I mean, how many more questions can you? The Falcons defense has two guarantees. Two. Two of 11. That's Grady Jarrett and A.J. Terrell. 
What other position is a guarantee? Now, again, we're hopeful for Troy Anderson. We're hopeful that some of those other kids do get better as well. But, it's, I mean, lockdown, this is the guy at this, that position. Russ, is, is there any more than those two right now? I mean, I, I I think you've got potential, but I don't think you can say lockdown. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I'm still wondering what Ibikiti can do. Um, I, I like Abdullah, uh, but, I, but I don't know if he can be a 17-game starter. So, you know, as far as saying, you know, without a doubt, this guy's a surefire thing. No, they don't. They don't have that. And and the and the biggest thing I glean from that is, you know, Grady is a defensive tackle. You don't have guys on the edge that you're 100% sure of. And that's, I mean, that's a huge need in this league. Uh, you're, you're further along at quarterback. Uh, heck, I'd even say you're further along at tackle, and we don't even know if McGarrity's coming back. Right. So, yeah, those are those are some big question marks on the other side of the ball. There's no doubt about that. So, Russ, here's the other part of the, of the equation. Falcons trade for Lamar Jackson tomorrow. How much of that $68 million in cap space for this year yeah. is going to be eaten up? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, and I again, I know you can always manipulate the the cap. I mean, I would hope that they could keep it around twenty or maybe twenty five, and and kind of backload some of it. Um, but that that you know that's where you're going to have to really really nail down exactly. And you, I mean, you've got to know if you make a trade like that, who you can get in free agency and how much they're going to cost, because now, you know. The room for error for the Atlanta Falcons, there's never room for error in free agency, but there's still right. there's room for error in, in the draft. If you go get Lamar Jackson, I mean you're 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 gonna hope have to hope, assuming your first two picks are on the defensive side of the football and assuming that you still have the two those first two picks after the trade, I mean yep. you you can't miss on those guys. You just can't. It's a it's a razor thin edge if you do that. That's the problem, folks. What Russ just said is the problem. If you, let's just say conservatively, that if you take a new contract for Lamar Jackson, after you've already given away your first-round pick, your second-round pick, your first-rounder next year, and you give away 20% of that $68 million in cap room, probably be more than that, but let's just conservatively say the $20 million. All right, that's... That's a little bit closer to a third. So what? Let's see, 20, 20 out of sixty-eight. Let's just do the math here. Twenty divided by sixty-eight. That's thirty percent. Twenty-nine percent of your cap room. That's probably two players, Russ. Right? That's probably two players that you could get. And I'm not talking about the bigger name players because you hope they go to bat and get a home run on somebody on defense. It's kind of a home run, kind of a home run guy. Uh, but that may be two guys on defense. That may be a linebacker and a safety. So are you going to give up three draft picks and two veterans? I mean, that's basically what you would do if you traded for Lamar Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. Do, you, yeah. do you agree with that? Two two guys you could sign on free agency and three draft picks. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. look, you're talking about one of the – what you're getting if you make this trade is is instant credibility. Uh, and and that's not going to come cheap. So and nope. and and again, Lamar Jackson makes the Falcons the favorite in the NFC South. 
Lamar Jackson elevates the Falcons towards the top of the NFC, but I don't think Lamar Jackson gets you a Super Bowl. And and to me, the ultimate goal should be to get a Super Bowl. I don't own the football team, so there may be other goals like butts in the seats that he's thinking about. But yep. So I get that. It's his team. He can do what he wants. But I hope they continue to build towards trying to build a championship roster. But now you have, in the past couple of months, talked more – positively about the possibility of Lamar Jackson? I mean, has, the, has the fear of what they'd have to give up kind of deterred you a tad? No, I mean, I, I hope they don't do it, but I, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, because they're going to be fun to watch. You know, the Fal- we'll, we'll look yeah. forward to Falcons games on Sundays again. You know, it'll provide hope. that There will be an expectation that they go to the playoffs. So, you know, it, it won't be nap time on Sunday at 1 o'clock anymore. So that part I like. But, I mean, I know in the back of my mind, ultimately, it's probably not going to win a Super Bowl. And, and, I, and I want a Super Bowl. Me too. But I want to win it this time. I want to win it. And I, I just – I don't know with the holes on defense if they can roll the dice. I'm tired of shopping at Dollar General. They need to go to, uh, what, Neiman Marcus? Isn't that a fancy pl- fancy place? That sounds like one. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Bernie Marcus would have been the one that bought the Falcons instead of Arthur Blank. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 478-646-ESPN. It's Friday here on this third day of March. The pine cones are falling. I had... Picked up the pine cones in my mother's yard here in Waycross. Russ, I think about 50 have fallen since we've been on the show for two hours. No, you got to find a neighborhood kid and give him like a quarter per pine cone, man. You're doing it wrong. (laughs) Quarter per pine cone? You don't know how many pine cones fall in this yard. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be broke. (laughs) And then I'd have to call him back tomorrow. That's the problem (laughs) with this wind. All right, back with more phone calls and more sports talk right after this. Five twenty-six on a Friday afternoon, state of Georgia. That's where we are talking sports, talking a little Falcons today. It is March the third, and we are twelve days away from free agency, and the combine is going on. Kelly Ringo, University of Georgia, ran a two-point-four forty-yard dash a moment ago. Kryptonite, lightning fast. No, not really. Four-three. That's fast enough. Pretty good. Back to the phones we go. Joe and Waycross. Joe, you got pine cones falling in your yard right now? No, Bill. I I, I live out in the county. Brother. Oh, okay. We, we, ain't, we ain't got but one pine tree, so we don't have that problem. You done cut them all down out there then, huh? They was cut down before we bought the place. How about that? Yeah. Well, see, I'm I'm uh, I'm in the Cherokee Heights area, so you know where that is. I'm I'm in Pine Tree City right here. I got them all over me. I had a feeling you was in Cherokee Heights. <laughs> you, you, you seem like that. that's where you would be. <laughs> now, come on now. Hold on now. I don't know if I like your tone on that one. <laughs> well, well you, 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 you said you were at your mother's house, and I'm, I'm sure your mother's up there in age, and that, that's an old district in Wakerall. Yeah, that, it, a little older area. Yeah, this house was built in 1946, so it's a little older. I, it, it sure is. I I, I know the area. <laughs> well, good to hear from you again. What's on your mind? Well, well, I was just calling to give my input on the Lamar Jackson thing. Okay. Now, now I'm not a I'm not an Atlanta Falcon fan by no means, but uh, 
any any team that's going to get try to get, try to make a deal for Lamar, it, 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 there's got to be a two year window, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, and Atlanta just I, I don't think they have the pieces, and, and it, it, it's going to cost a minute, Bill. Mm-hmm. That's a great uh, great point. I, I I I think that's a great way to put it. You know, Russ, uh, to kind of steal what Joe's saying there, are the Falcons in that window where Lamar Jackson would make that much of a difference that quickly? That's a good way to put it, isn't it? Yeah. No, I mean, I think he he would definitely make a difference. But, um, but again, it, it's, at what price? At the, how much is it going to cost? And, and how much closer to a Super Bowl are you? Yeah. And you know, Joe, if there was some rule that the NFL allowed these quarterbacks to get these big quarter, the big contracts, and you still had flexibility, but man, when you lock up these quarterbacks, you better have a staple of young players ready to step up. I mean, if we knew that some of these other guys that they have drafted were ready to truly be not only starters, but some of them would step up and be like all pro caliber, I don't know if we know that right now. I, I just I, I don't see Atlanta. If they were a quarterback away, sure. And I've a few other callers that had said, you know, empty seats, empty seats. You know, I'm I I used to be a Texas Ranger fan, so <laughs> I, I, I I'm telling you, it, it's not all about putting butts in the seats. Uh, I mean, it he he's gonna crush a franchise. I mean, I also I, I if I was a betting man and. I have to listen to Greenberg whine and cry about getting Aaron Rodgers. I think the Jets are better off going after Lamar. Yeah, I know. Well, all we hear on there every morning is Greenberg's fascination with uh, going into the four-day dark seminar with, with Aaron. Hey, Joe, thank you for calling. We appreciate that. It's good to hear from you. We hope you'll call again. Now, it it is it is a question of at what price and and what can the Falcons still accomplish with a contract that would have to be afforded to to Lamar Jackson. I mean, there's no question he's a, a great talent. You know, could Lamar Jackson, Tyler Algier, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London do some things offensively? Certainly. Who are you going to have to stop? We we mentioned earlier in this show about John Abraham. And, again, Grady Jarrett is a very good player. I don't think Grady Jarrett has been able to truly reach his potential and to be recognized as one of the better players in the NFL because he's been it. He's been it. He's been it. That That's why, and I go back to this. I can't get this out of my mind, Russ, at the end of the year. I can't remember what game it was. They lost, and he was so frustrated. Grady was just about at wit's end. And you know part of it was because he had been double teamed. And he was like, I'm tired of this blank. And he was talking about losing. And he's a fine player. I'm glad they invested in him, but he can't do it alone. And what could happen if they got a Jaden Hargrave, for example, we talked about that over the week, or you know, if and I know what's happened now, but we talked in, on Tuesday and we're dreaming about Jalen Carter 
if they could get Jalen Carter and put him near that. You're you're going to be very limited in your ability to do those kind of things if you're going to go after one of these quarterbacks. This is going to be tough, and I don't know. I don't know if Ibikiti or Agadunchi has the ability to develop into great players. They need some great players. We talk about Russ Terrell being really good and Grady being really good and Lindstrom on the offensive line being really good. They need more of that category to be filled, and I don't know if they can do that if they make a Lamar Jackson trade. Well, yeah, it's going to be – it's really going to hamstring your ability to reshape that defense, and that, I think that's the big fear that, that's coming out of this conversation is, is there seems to be a lot of concern on the defensive side of the ball. And, for you know, from the Grady Jarrett perspective, I can understand if you're being double and triple teamed and, you know, somebody on your team has 21 sacks, it's not going to bother you because you're a big part of that. But if you're being double and triple teamed and your team has 21 sacks, which was the case in 2022, that's got to be incredibly frustrating. Mm, no question. No question about it. Back to the phones, Ken and Macon. Killer. Hey, my son dared me to say something to you. Uh oh. Oh God. Do we need to do we need to have the finger on the bleeper? <laughs> no. It ain't okay. no cut word. Okay. He didn't want me to say, Hey William, shake you know shake your ass on back to Waycross. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> I I am in Waycross. I have shanked my way to Waycross. <laughs> Y'all hear him laugh. <laughs> I'm just kidding around. I know you are, Ken. Anyway, it's Friday anyway. Hey, hey, killer, but do me a favor. Me and Joe are on the bus anyway. Where where are you at? I'm over here at GameStop. <laughs> over here on Presidential Parkway. <laughs> okay, well, do me a favor. Take what? your fist and roll it up. Just hit hit your son. <laughs> I can't do that because he might get me locked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I get it. I understand. So what's on your mind? I want to say this about somebody that got in trouble. I hate to say that, but I hope some prosecutor don't get a hold of it and try to try to charge him with vehicle homicide. I sure hope not. You mean Jalen Carter? Yes. No, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, he, from what we know, he didn't force those people to race him, and he didn't force that girl to drink enough alcohol to have her have a blood alcohol level of point one eight, one nine, whatever it was. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm just scared. It's some crazy prosecutor to get out here and mess you up, really up, and he'll mess yeah. him up if somebody does. Hopefully not. I'm having a pretty good day. I'm just joking around, but everything's all right besides that. But More good. Well, all right, well, you have a good weekend now, okay? Okay, you do too. All right. <laughs> yeah, Bill, we had uh, actually uh, our buddy Jeff it works in law enforcement and has for a long time, and he told us, like, it, it, there's not going to be any more charges from this. And the reason good. that he's not charged with leaving the scene of a crime is because in order to leave this or, or, or an accident – because in order to leave the scene of an accident, you have to be involved in the accident. Okay. So that he, makes sense. so that means so since he wasn't charged with that, that means he wasn't involved. So it's just the racing and the reckless driving. That I mean, that's like any other witness to a crime. If we witness a crime and leave, we're not going to be charged with, you know, we have to maybe deal with that emotionally, right? But we're not going to be 
charged with leaving the scene of a not a crime, but of, I'm talking about a wreck. Yeah. If we if we, if we see a wreck and we leave because we don't want to be involved or whatever, then that you know that's that that happens. Well, I hope I hope not. I hope that's yeah. I never thought I never thought that there would be any kind of vehicular homicide situation with this. No. I mean, he he did not like I said. Um, I don't care what they were doing. She was drunk. Let's just be totally honest about it. I mean, she she was bad, bad, Im- badly impaired with alcohol, unfortunately. And racing or, I, I mean, again, I've said this several times. Even if she was not going fast, with her having that much alcohol, Russ, if she was going half that speed, could she have taken that curve with a .19 alcohol level? No, I mean, I I think at a high rate of speed, it's going to be tough to take that turn in an SUV with a zero alcohol in your right. system. I mean, that, that's it's awful. Yeah, it's awful. It's just awful. I've said that fifty times. I know this week, but you almost don't want to think about it because if you think about it, it it's just a depressing thought of why that would happen, why that would be done, why the you would get behind a car at in that condition it's it, because it's just awful <laughs> i mean that is, the word just fits it time and time again it's just damn awful and you know we the one thing that we don't know and i applaud the atlanta journal constitution again i've said this several times of their journalism that's what journalism is all about i've seen people still criticize the ajc on twitter you really don't know what you're talking about. They've done an outstanding job reporting on this story. That's their job. The one thing we don't know, Russ, though, is what the two witnesses have said about what they were doing and what was going on before the accident happened. And we may never know until this thing goes to any type of court proceedings, criminally or or civilly, right, of what those two have said to authorities of what was going on before they obviously were knocked unconscious. Or McClendon wasn't, but because he obviously was conscious enough to to be able to say, um, why are we all going so fast? So um, what they told authorities and police, we don't know. That's, that's the one mystery, but it's got to be a key component to this whole situation of what those two who were in the car and who survived told the authorities after everything happened. I don't think the young lady who, and she may still be there for all I know, but I I know when I asked like several weeks after the accident if she had gotten out of the hospital, she was not out. So she had some significant injuries to be there that long, that's for sure. All right, Tate on Twitter, how many free agents chasing a ring will come to Atlanta if we get Lamar Jackson? This could be the year to do this trade. This is reportedly one of the worst draft in years. I don't know if I agree with that or not because, um, I mean, there's – I don't know if I agree with that or not. I mean, I, I know when people try to try to compare drafts and all that, but there are four quarterbacks who are – well thought of in this draft so that in itself to me it's more of a bad draft when there are no quarterbacks in the top 10 dino on twitter yep freaking lions 2.0 receivers and corners geez 
What the heck are people thinking? O-line, D-line, maybe, maybe Stroud, not a freaking corner in the top ten. Well, look, I I do – I do hesitate a little bit about another corner. However, I don't know after Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, if there's a defensive lineman there. Now, between Peter Skoronsky, the kid from Northwestern, the versatile offensive lineman we've talked about, and, for example, the kid from Oregon, the, the defensive back, I would probably lean toward the offensive lineman. I don't think the Falcons will. I think they'll lean toward the defensive back, and I think they would be enticed by the possibility of having a, 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 a very physical corner on the other side of A.J. Terrell. And that is tempting. Um, again, we've got to think of how this pass rusher is going to change. We know that they have got to add a pass rusher. Okay? That's got to happen. I don't know if that's going to be in the draft in the first round. I don't. I know there's that kid from, is it Texas Tech, Russ, or TCU? Or not TCU. Who is it? Yeah, Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Yeah. Okay, that that's been mentioned as a possibility at eight for the Falcons. I don't I don't know if I'm for that. I think the pass rush is going to come from a veteran. So, if you add a veteran on the line of scrimmage, at no at tackle and on the end, I think the temptation would be there to go cornerback at number eight. I do. Because I think they're going to get a safety in free agency. I think Jesse Bates is a possibility. Um, and I think I, I think corner is a possibility for this team today. I do. I, I I'm I'm intrigued by that. Um, so anyway, I I kind of disagree with that that theory. I'm I'm usually a little skeptical of defensive backs that high, and I know what you're saying, Dino, about the Lions. I think the Jeff Akuda pick at number three two years ago was moronic. There's no way that was a third. Best player in that draft. No way in the world. And I think that's been proven in the first couple of years. Uh, Tate says the depth is supposedly the issue. About only 19 players are worth their first round. Or supposedly in the later rounds, you will be drafting guys who are normally undrafted free agents. Well, if that's the case, and if that's true, and I'm not saying that it's not, then, yeah, that's not a, a great draft. But I think they still need a lot of options to – help fill this roster with better players. And now look, if they make some trades where they get out of this draft, then they probably agree with you. But I think the opportunity is there to fill some roles for sure. All right, we're going to take a break. It is uh, 542 here on this Friday afternoon. We got uh, another segment for phone calls. If you want to join in, you can. 478-646-ESPN. We'll take a break. Back with more phone calls and more sports talk right after this. our time. Thanks for being with us. Talking spokes here on this Friday in Georgia. 478-646-ESPN is our number. Went on Twitter and put the question out there a couple of hours ago. A lot of Falcons fans, what do you hope the Falcons do at quarterback? A, was give Desmond Ritter a chance. B, trade for Lamar Jackson. C, trade up and draft a quarterback. 129 votes so far. Russ, uh, if you if you do see the results, if not, I'm going to ask you a question about it. Uh, I saw the results. Uh, I okay. voted in it, and then I peeked back at it probably about 45 minutes ago. Okay. All right. So 
Um, I was going to ask you what you thought the results would be, but you probably probably know the results give Des Ritter a chance. Fifty-six point six percent of the hundred twenty-nine people have voted for giving Des Desmond Ritter a chance. Twenty-two point five percent say trade for Lamar Jackson, and then twenty point nine percent say trade up and draft a quarterback. So that means that forty-two point do not believe that Desmond Ritter should get a chance. And that, I don't know if that's more problematic or, or not, but what do you think about those results? I'll be honest with you. I think the 56% for Desmond is higher than I thought it would be. Okay. I thought it would be kind of tit for tat with Lamar, Lamar Jackson and the 20% to trade up, that number was way higher than I thought it would be. I thought that would be in the four or five percent range. Because there's no guarantee, I, and yeah. you know, I would like to ask those twenty percent if there is a specific one of the four they would prefer. <laughs> I, I, I've got a prediction. Twenty uh, percent of the people that participated in our poll are Alabama fans. Maybe that's what it is. Or how many of those are people who saw C.J. Stroud on December 31st oh, yeah. and fell in love with him? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think he's the best quarterback in this draft. I, I'm with you. I, I'm not really yeah. interested in the Falcons taking any of the four, but if, if I was with the franchise and I had an owner saying, you've got to take a quarterback in the first round, C.J. Stroud's the guy I'm trying to get. Well, and from what I've heard, for whatever this means – that's the one that the Falcons are interested in. I haven't heard the Falcons interested, or I should say that. I have not I have not heard that the Falcons are linked to Bryce Young. Have you, Russ? I haven't. No, I have not heard that. Um, I think Richardson's getting linked to everybody. Um, I've not heard Will Levis. I, I, the only Will Levis connection I heard was Indianapolis. Wasn't that a couple of weeks ago, I believe? That if they moved up to number one, it would be Will Levis, yep. which I still don't know if I believe. But Stroud is the one that people have, have talked about. So, But then I even wonder, okay, well, if you're that in love with him, do you have to move up to one to get him? How far up do you have to go to get him if he's your one you're in love with? Uh, you know, that's interesting. I, I – I, I don't know how much these guys talk to kind of have a, an inclination of, of what folks are trying to do. I mean, there are, there are scenarios where he's still on the board at eight. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so I wonder, would you maybe just have some contingency plans like, hey, we're going to take this guy unless he falls to eight? Uh, because, you know, one of the things about C.J. Stroud that's really interesting to me is a lot of people are talking about his performance against Georgia – and some people have asked the question, you know, why didn't he run more? Why didn't he show that part of his game more mm-hmm. when he was at Ohio State? And I like that he didn't because he didn't have to. That should be a last resort. And, I, you know, give me the guy that can process his reads and make throws. And then if from there, if it does break down, he can make plays with his feet. You know, Aaron Rodgers is the first person that comes to mind when I think of that. You know, it's, it's, it's a nice ability to have. It's a great tool to have. But be a pocket quarterback first, and and he even openly said that, you know, and he and he heard Steve Young say that, and that's where he got it from. And he talked about at the combine, he talked about longevity and wanting to be in the league for a long time, and 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 just a really smart young man that gets that. Well, I, I like C.J. Stroud a lot. There's no question anybody who truly watched that game 
uh, on December 31st had to come away impressed. It It is Look, as much as people ask the question about, well, was Stetson so good because of the fact he had Brock Bowers for the last two years? And I, I, I get it. I mean, quarterbacks are always going to be linked to who they've got around them. Would, would Terry Bradshaw have been great without John Stallworth and Lynn Swan? Benny Cunningham? Okay, fair question. So we can ask that about everybody, right? I mean, how much did Julio help help Matt? We can go on and on about that. Um, C.J. Stroud had... Marvin Harrison Jr. He had a very good group of wide receivers. But you know what? If you look at it like that, then you're going to say, well, he should have a great group of wide receivers when he's in the NFL anyway, yeah. right? I mean, that's what you're trying to do, right? Yeah. You want to pair great players with great players, yeah. you know? Uh, you know, you, you can – you know, there's nothing wrong with having talent around you. That, that's yeah. not a bad thing. That's the goal. Absolutely. No question. Well, he he was good. And, you know, C.J. Stroud came to Atlanta. I think Desmond Ritter. Why would you keep Desmond Ritter? I mean, why? That, that's another question you kind of have to wonder about. If you, I know they were trying to spin it as competition. If you're going to trade up and have to give up a first-round draft pick next year and maybe, what, a third or maybe a second, maybe your second this year and your next year number one, Desmond Ritter's not going to be the quarterback of this team in 2023. So what what do you do with him? To keep him as a backup? Yeah, I I, I don't know. Mm, me either. But that's something you got to think about too. I mean, what what what's the deal? Uh, Tate on Twitter. I still think the Richardson stuff is a smokescreen to get people to trade up either with us to get in front of Carolina or to get ahead of us and let the defensive player fall to us. Dino says move up four or five up two, four, or five, and get Stroud, not number one. Well, and, and yeah, I, I don't think Stroud's going number one. I, I think if if someone trades with Chicago to get number one, not the Falcons, but if someone else, Indianapolis or Seattle, I think they're going up to get Bryce. Maybe wrong. I mean, maybe someone does have a man crush on Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. I mean, we've even seen one mock draft with Richardson going first. I, I just, I can't buy it. I can't buy a guy with 20 starts who didn't perform. You got to have some performance. Mm-hmm. You got to have some game where you're like, Oh, like Stroud. Did you see what he did against Georgia? You got to have something on your resume. Does, does Levis and Richardson have that Russ? They have, they have cannons for arms. Uh, and that, I mean, that's it. And and look, it, the NFL scouts, they love that. Because you know what? In their mind, these are the best coaches in the world. They can fix all the mechanics and the footwork. Give me that arm strength. Yep, you're right. And I hope it's not my team. Jaguars are lucky. They've got Trevor. They don't have to worry about this mess. You are listening to The Bill Shanks Show.